Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today we are talking Ben Simmons trade rumors and is he willing to sit out the whole season? Make sure you tune in to Locked On 76ers coming up next. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome into the Locked On 76ers podcast. I am your host, Kai Carlin, along with my guy, Keith Pompey. Keith, what's going on, man? What's popping? What's going on? All right, guys. So we are now taking over the Locked On 76ers podcast. Um, I, I, as you all know, you probably know who Keith Pompey is. You know, he's the OG. He's he used to host the, this show, then he gave it away. Now he's back. So I'm pretty sure you guys know who Keith is. But Keith, for everybody out there who doesn't really know who you are, man, just tell them everything about you. Uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy to tell them about stuff about me since, you know, I, I've been here before. But uh, we need to tell them about you, dude. Like, you know, I mean, you know, that's okay. For me, I've been a part of this podcast for, what, like seven years before um, I gave it up. Um, then Serena had it. She did a wonderful job. But I'm like the old head of the of the podcast, and you're my young boy, right? You're the young boy. That's what I call you. So I'm not talking trash on you, but that's what I call you, right? So right now, I want everybody to know that my man Kai Carlin, it's not Kyle, it's Kai Carlin, is like one of the hardest working young guys out there, great reporter, and I'm just so happy to be back on this podcast and be back on the podcast working with my man, Kai. And I think that you guys are really going to enjoy our, our our tag team, so to speak. Yes, sir. This is true. Keith is the OG and I am the young bull. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know me, I am the editor of Sixers Wire over at USA Today Sports Media Group. Um, I don't travel as much as Keith does, but I, tra- I do travel here and there. I just went to Miami. I just got back from Washington, D.C., um, I went to Orlando a couple of years ago, uh, not years, a couple of weeks ago, really. And uh, so I'm around the team just as much as Keith is. Um, you know, I've interviewed the players, interviewed the coaches. So as Keith said, I am a young reporter and I try to do the best I can. So with that being said, uh, listen, this first segment that we are about to get into, Keith, um, it's, it's, it's on everybody's favorite sixer right now, number 25, who still has yet to show up for the team 43 games into the year. You reported back in August that Ben Simmons uh, officially requested a trade. It hasn't happened yet. Um, and now a, a latest report says that the Sixers could be looking into the offseason awaiting for James Harden. Just what, what do you think of this whole thing, man? Just like just from everything that's happened from the offseason up until now. You know, I, I kind of think that none of this stuff is new. I mean, I, I think, and, and and again, I'm not minimizing reports or anything like that, but you remember about a couple, a month and a half ago, you know, the reports came out that, you know, the 76ers were considering, um, you know, uh, going at waiting for the offseason and possibly getting James Harden in the sign and trade. You know, James Harden has yet to sign his contract with Brooklyn. So it seems like, you know, when you think about the 76ers and you think of all the trades that they did not make, when everyone thought like, oh, take that, take that, take that. They always kept saying, we want someone who is going to be um, an A-list type of player. You know, James Harden is regard- regarded as one of the top five players in the league, right? right. So I can see the 76ers, unless they get something they really want to strongly consider him. And the fact that 
you know, as the report was today, that James is, you know, basically considering going elsewhere instead of signing with, with Brooklyn. So I think that's the new thing. I'm not surprised that the Sixers are going to go after him. I'm not surprised at all. But the fact that he came out and, and said, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm considering to go elsewhere, I think that's huge right there um, for the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is what the Sixers have always wanted, right? You know, like this is what they've wanted. They they have been maintaining that they will not trade Ben Simmons unless it's for a top 25 player. Obviously, they want to put somebody next to Joel Embiid while he's upright, while he's in his prime, and really while he's still, while Joel is still, you know, Joel. Because, Keith, we don't really know how long Joel's going to be Joel, right? He may be 27, but with all the injuries he sustained, all the hard hits he takes, just you never know like if one day maybe his body just breaks down and then that's it if he takes the wrong fall, right? So I think that this is exactly what they – that this is great for the Sixers because in order to really maximize Joel, you need a guy like James Harden in order to go off and really truly contend in the East, especially when you look around the, uh, the conference. You look at Milwaukee, um, even Brooklyn. If they were to lose Harden, they would still have Kevin Durant, and he's always uh, – you know he's obviously an incredible player. So – I feel like if you're the Sixers, Keith, I mean, it, it would be punting this season, essentially. But if you can get a guy like Harden, maybe it's all worth it in the end. It is. The only thing that I caution, the only thing that I caution is when you put all your eggs in that basket, and pr- probably that's why they are asking for so much for someone else, because if they give them what they want like or what they're asking for, then they can basically say, Hey, well, you know, waiting on James or waiting on another player. Well, it was kind of cool, but you know, we over we um we another team overpaid. But my caution about when you wait on a guy like James is kind of like, what if the Brooklyn Nets win the championship, right? And what if James Harden says, you know what, you know what, everything turned around. I really want to run this thing back. I, I just want to run it back. That's my caution, because let's think about it. Back last year, it was one of those things where initially the thought was, okay, six is going to go get James Harden. They're going to go after and get him. Then it went to Kyle Lowry. Then it went to Dame Lillard. Then people are talking Bradley Bill. Now they're talking, um, you know, Harden again. So to me is while all that is, is right, it's not a guarantee. It becomes a guarantee. And once you can, you know, do a sign and trade or what have you. But to me, it's like, it's great. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's like, it, it, it could backfire to waiting for a guy like that. It really could. And I feel like that would be like the worst case scenario for Philadelphia, especially when like you just consider, as, as you just mentioned, you put all your eggs in this one basket. And all of a sudden, Brooklyn wins a title. And James is like, oh, looking around like, oh, you know what? I mean, maybe things really did work out here. You know, let's just play hypotheticals here. Let's say Kyrie Irving finally does get vaccinated. and He can play in home games in New York. Um, I just I I wouldn't put it past the Nets to win a title. I mean, a lot of people seem to forget Brooklyn almost beat Milwaukee last year with just Kevin Durant. Like if if his shoe size was just a half a foot smaller or or whatever it is, I mean, that that game seven – that game, that shot's a game winner, and the Nets are going to the conference finals. So, 
I feel like if Nets were to win a title this year, as you mentioned, and yeah, I think all bets are of, of Harden going to Philadelphia are off and he remains in Brooklyn. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of stuck because I can't see Damian Lillard asking for out of, out of Portland. Right. I mean, how many times has Dame Lillard said, I'm not leaving Portland. I love Portland. I love Portland. And then the same thing with Bradley Beal. Uh, I love Washington. I love being here. So when you look at those two guys, Lillard and Beal, I just don't foresee a their organizations aren't going to trade them unless unless things go haywire and B neither of those those guys are both very loyal to the franchises and they are not just going to you know request trades and then at that point Keith you are stuck with this disgruntled star in Ben and you know you're kind of sitting there really like whittling your thumbs all confused and and with the deadline coming up it's just, it's a tough situation to be in well, here's the thing. I'm gonna tell you this, man. Don't, don't, don't go by what Dame says publicly or Bradley Bill publicly. I mean, okay. I, I don't, don't do that. I mean, because, because see, a lot of times some people just don't want to be disliked, you know. So they say stuff. I mean, it's the same thing about like when a team says, "Oh, we're not going to trade a player. We're not going to trade a player," and then all of a sudden they trade a player, right? And it's one of those things where, well, hey, man, things just changed, right? Now, the one thing about Bill is Bill is going to be, like, it's going to be a free agent, too. So, like, they they could lose him, you know what I mean? So, it, it's one of those. But I understand what you're saying, but I'm just saying, like, a lot of times when we hear people say stuff publicly, like, you know, publicly, it's kind of like when, when a girl is – Look like I mean, look like she got hit with a bag of nickels, right? And then your buddy, and, and they say in front of her, hey, man, how she look? Oh, she's beautiful. She's pretty. She's nice looking. And then behind, but then you're like, oh, man, she look like a bag of nickels. Did somebody hit her? You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have said it that way. But you know what I mean? It's kind of <laughs> like you want to be Mr. PC. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like sometimes when, when a young lady has on a dress and they say, well, how do I look? You're always told, you always say you look beautiful, right? No matter what, you say that. So in other words, I'm just saying that, like, don't always go by what people say publicly because especially in the Dame thing is a reason why all these people are, are, are speculating on writing these stories. You know what I mean? There's a reason. Right, right. No, for sure. And with that, we're going to be heading into our into our first break uh, with our first sponsor by Prize Picks. 76ers fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is a perfect time. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code MBA. That's right. This is this is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans only who use code MBA. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, and it offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a hand 
handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks also offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. I recently placed a flex play entry with an over on Joel Embiid and an under on Bradley Beal and doubled my money. It took me all of 30 seconds to make my selections. It's that easy. Go to prizepicks.com today or go to your app store and download the app. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers with Kai Carlin and Keith Pompey. Now, Keith, we talked in the first segment about Ben Simmons and James Harden and that possibility and different trades and things of that nature. Now there's another report and I'm pretty sure, I mean, this isn't exactly a new report. I'm pretty sure we all kind of figured out or or pretty much knew that this was going to happen, but uh, ESPN's Ramona Shelburne kind of put it out there on Monday that Ben Simmons is willing to sit the entire season. If he's not moved by the February 10th trade deadline. Um, we all know he's been he's been fined, Keith. We all know he he really hasn't shown up to the facility. I mean, other than to work out for a little bit and then just leave. He obviously hasn't played a game yet. Do you buy or sell Ben Simmons sitting out the entire season? I buy it. I mean, because let's face it, he in the beginning, that's what they said, right? They said if Ben Simmons ever comes back, he's not going to put on a uniform, right? This guy was has been his money has been put in the escrow. Um, you know, he's getting his money now, but it's been a lot of things and he still hasn't played, you know, the, the days that he was supposed to practice with the team, you know, at first he wasn't doing much of anything. Then, then doc tried to put him in a couple of drills. He refused to go into him. He gets, uh, you know, he gets suspended. Uh, he, he, you know, they find him. He comes back. He's still not out there doing anything. So, to me, I, you know, I buy it. The guy just doesn't want to be here. You know, he, he just doesn't want to be a part of the organization. He doesn't want to play in the games. And, you know, there are certain people who think that he has to play in several, a couple games in order to bring up his trade value. I don't think so. And he knows he doesn't have to. So, nah, I, I, I buy it. I don't think that he's going he's gonna to play. Now, my question to you is, do you think he's coming back and playing? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to either. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to buy that, that he doesn't come back and play it all this season. I, I originally thought that he would, let's say back in like November, just because I, I thought maybe he would try to come back and maybe do try to boost his trade value. I know Ben, I think there was a report that came out shortly after yours that Ben doesn't believe he has to build his trade value. And I kind of disagree with it at first, just because, you know, the more you play and the more you ball out, the, the higher your trade value goes. But I mean, just thinking about it and just seeing the way things are going, I'm, I'm, I can't see him ever suiting up for the Philadelphia 76ers ever again. And, you know, honestly, I think it's a little bit of a shame considering the dude is only 25, you know, it kind of seems like he's wasting a year. But if this gets him where, what he wants and if this gets him to where he wants to go, then so be it. Because, Keith, I mean, you just mentioned it. It's clear he doesn't want to be here. Um, he already tried. He already came back to practice. Obviously, he got thrown out of practice and then the suspension and everything else. And just it's clear he doesn't want to be here. Nah, he doesn't. He doesn't want to be here. And, 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 and my, my thing is, like, I don't 
think that I never thought that he had to bring his trade value up. I mean, he had to play to bring it up because you want to know why? Because he's an all-star, right? Everyone knows he's an all-star in the regular season. The the true tell is going to tell um, sign is going to come in the playoffs, right? Is is he going to be able to knock down open shots in the half court game? Is he going to be able to focus and knock down foul shots? Now, who knows? He could have came out and and been the second version of uh, of Steph Curry, right? In the regular season, people are like whoa, whoa. But we we come on, man. What's the odds of that happening? I mean, Ben Simmons in the regular season. He's an all-star. He gets up and down the floor. He plays um, solid D. He, he crashes the rim. He does a lot of, I mean, crashes the board, gets, you know, goes to the rim. He does a lot of different things. So I didn't think he had to at all. I think now I do think him playing before they get, before he gets traded, it benefits the Sixers because they, he makes them a better team. But as far as him, Nah, I mean, I'm honestly, to be honest with you, I was shocked. Like, we're talking about Ben uh, coming back and playing in the latter part of the season. I mean, at post-trade deadline, I'm shocked that he even showed up in Philadelphia or New Jersey, you know, in the first place. Because, you know, I mean, honestly, because I felt like when he came back, he lost a little bit of his leverage, you know what I mean? Like, if he would have stayed out, he he would have had some more – but I'm just shocked that he's here now. Right. I mean, it's definitely a little a little shocking just because it's clear he doesn't want to be here. So the fact that like he's even around is still like like a really big thing. Um, that that's well, not a big thing, a shocking thing, I should say. And I don't know. I just I thought for sure that he would play to boost it. And and here's why I say he has to boost it. He hasn't played a game since you know that game seven against Atlanta, which was June 20th you know, 2021, he still ha- hasn't played a game yet. So it's like a lot. I-, I feel like he has to be able to come out on the floor and still continue to prove that he's still Ben. Right. Cause a lot of people still haven't seen him. Like, how's he going to bounce back from, you know, a pretty poor playoff performance. If we're going to be honest, like he did not have a good playoff run, you know, at all. Um, I know he had a pretty couple of really good games in the Washington series, but even in that one, Keith, I mean, he shot, so poorly from the free throw line. And then it continued in the Atlanta series. Like I feel like teams have to continue to see how he can bounce back from that. But on the flip side, as you mentioned, he is a three-time all-star. He's a rare breed at six foot 10. He's a guy who can push the pace, make his teammates better. He's a elite defender. I think we all know that, but I thought for sure he would have had to return and play just to prove that he can kind of bounce back and show off a little bit that he is still worthy of whatever the Sixers are asking for. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I, I disagree, but I, I understand what you're saying. The only reason why I disagree is because people know exactly who he is. I mean, he was going to excel like he normally does. And he was going to say, Hey, I don't need it. Look at me. I'm an all-star. I don't need it. I don't need a three. Right. Or something like that. Because, I'm telling you, the regular season game is completely different than the than than the uh, uh, postseason, and and even still, the like you said, he had he played well against Washington, right? Some games, true, because like basically, you know, unless you're the four or five seed, right? You you're typically a whole if you're one, two, and three, you're typically a whole lot better than your first round opponent. Right. You know what I mean? And then last year, the Sixers were number one 
going up against Washington, who had to play in the playing game to be number eight. So it was it was one of those things where, you know, you look at it and I mean, Washington didn't really have a chance. It gets more competitive in the second round. That's when things get more competitive to me. And I just feel like, I mean, there's a lot of bad teams out there. Like, can you see Ben Simmons playing against Orlando? That's triple-double. Ben Simmons against Detroit, quadruple-double. Up, <laughs> oh, they're going to Houston. You know what I mean? You right. know, so it is a whole lot easier. It just And then, especially this year, with the COVID and, and guys sitting out with injuries, I mean, so he was going to rack up some stats, and you're going to say, like, wow. But then, and everyone's going to forget about the postseason until the postseason comes. And then you're going to want to, like, pay attention. So that's why, to me, it's one of those things where, I mean, it, it, it's, I understand what a lot of people are saying, but I think you, we really won't know how much Ben Simmons improved until he gets back to the second round of the playoffs for, for whomever he plays for. No, I absolutely agree because, I mean, if you look at his playoff career, um, 2018, they played Miami. He was great that first round, and then he was terrible against Boston. 2019, that first round against Brooklyn, he was pretty good, and then uh, he was terrible really against Toronto. 2020, obviously he didn't play in the bubble because of the injury, and then last year, uh, 2021, he was really he was pretty solid against Washington outside of the poor free throw sh- uh, shooting, and then he obviously had a lot of struggles in round two against the Atlanta Hawks. So you're absolutely right, Keith. You know, we're not really going to be able to really know how much Ben Simmons has improved until round two of the playoffs, just because it's been his Achilles heel, you know, his first three playoff performances of his career, as good as he is, um, you know, he continues to just kind of really not be as effective in round two as he has as he was the entire regular season and in round one of the playoffs. It just is what it is. Um, that, that'll wrap it up here for segment two. Let, let's take a listen from our one of our sponsors, Bet Online AG. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. A new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. Looking ahead to the divisional round of the playoffs, I like the Cincinnati Bengals as a plus three and a half point underdog against the Tennessee Titans. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Now, welcome back to Locked On 76ers with Kai Carlin and Keith Pompey. Third and final segment of this of this uh, this episode. Keith, let's talk about Ben Simmons' replacement so far this season, Tyrese Maxey, the second-year guard out of Kentucky. Uh, listen, I think Tyrese, Keith, has really taken strides forward on both ends of the floor throughout the entire season. It, just, it really just kind of seems like the kid has taken um, – he's become a much better three-point shooter. Uh, he needs to take more of them. But Tyrese Maxey has become a – I think he's shooting around 40% from deep this season. I feel like that's been a huge development for him and the team. Yeah, it, it has been. You know, I remember last year, and you you probably remember it too. I'm pretty sure you do. 
when when Doc Rivers and them drafted him, they talked about, you know, Tyrese being a steal. And to be quite honest with you, I mean, a lot of us were shocked because you heard so much about, you know, Tyrese Maxey during the draft, you know, being a lottery pick and all this other thing stuff. And then when he slid down to the Sixers, you're looking at it like, wow, okay, okay. And then there were a couple games, remember, where he he came in and he played. He had 30-something points when they were depleted, and he played well. So to me, it looks like, you know, this guy is getting an opportunity that he didn't really get last year because, you know, he was a rookie and and this and that, and, you know, he he was young. But this year with Ben not being there, you know, he, he, he strived and thrived. And think about it, when the 76ers were depleted, when Joel had COVID and Tobias was out and, and uh, you know, other guys were out with COVID, he basically carried the team, right? He carried it. And now he's starting for a while. The big concern was, can he play, can he coexist with Embiid? And now it, it seems like they're doing it together. Um, what, a couple nights ago, he had five threes. So he's been... I'm not going to say a pleasant surprise, but but he's really shown what he can do on this level, you know, when given the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you mentioned, his numbers were really high when they were depleted by COVID and injuries. And um, like they were they were missing Joel. They were missing Tobias. They were missing, you know, Seth Curry for for a couple of games here and there. And you know, Tyrese really kind of stepped on, stepped up, I should say, on the offensive end. And he struggled. And as you mentioned, he struggled a bit when Joel came back. But I, I feel like it's all it took was some time. Uh, the, they, they needed some more time to kind of work this thing out because I, I, I don't really think there were many lineups last year in his rookie year when Tyrese and Joel were on the floor together. And then in the beginning of this year, they only got a couple games in, I think like nine or 10 before Joel went out with COVID. And then when he came back, um, just I think Tyrese then went out with COVID like two weeks later and he just came back from the protocols. So, you, you know, they really haven't been able to have a chance to really play more games together, but recently they've been able to figure it out. I feel like the pick and roll game has been really good. I feel like Tyrese has really taken a step forward um, really on the defensive end as well. He still struggles a bit on that end, but it's not as bad as it was when he first came into the league last year. You can tell he's made strides, but still has some work to do on that end. But I think the biggest thing for Tyrese and really the Sixers overall is the fact that he is shooting uh, close to 40% from deep and he's taking almost four attempts a night. Now I'm sure Doc Rivers would love to see those four, that number of four attempts go up a little bit more, but um, I mean, he, he's been a, a huge help on the offensive end. I feel like they've been able to space. Um, it, ha- it hasn't been quite the, they haven't been able to push the pace quite as well without Ben Simmons out on the floor, but Tyrese has really held his own there. Yeah, he does. The next step I think for Tyrese is though, is he has to make his, uh, the guys he play with better. Yeah. Right. I mean, there, he has to do that. There was, there were a couple, I remember there was a game in particular. It was a home game where he comes down and he makes a nice pass leading drumming to the basket and drumming scores and then a couple plays later he does another he gets a nice another nice assist you know I want to see more of that you know right now you know he's still a young point guard right he's really a two guard playing the point 
right? I mean, yeah. Tobias Harris is the number one ball handler. Or I shouldn't say number one. It's like 50-50 now between him and then sometimes Joel brings it up. But I think that Tyrese can get it. He had a nice little two-man game. with Joel. Well, he's developing a two-man game with Joel. But I think his next step, and this isn't a knock against him. He's just young. His next step is making sure that all his other teammates eat as well. And I don't mean just passing them the ball and getting out of the way. I'm talking about more of like what I saw with him doing with Drummond. You know what I mean? You know, giving him a pass that make him get an easier shot. And I think once he works on that, you know, then, then the, you know, I'm not going to say the sky is the limit, but he's going to be a, 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 a quality player because he can play. I mean, he can play. It's just that, you know, he's, you know, a scoring guard. And when you have guys like Tobias and Joel and Seth, you know, it's one of those things where you just want to make sure that they get as many easy attempts as they can. And that's what, uh, you know, a, a quality point guard does for you. No, absolutely agree. And Coach Doc Rivers actually mentioned it. Um, after Monday's loss to the Washington Wizards, he actually mentioned that Tyrese needs to do a better job of recognizing when a guy gets hot, right? For example, Seth Curry, um, he made the first bucket of the game on Monday, and he didn't get a, a, a shot, I think, until early in the second quarter. And Doc mentioned that Tyrese needs to do a better job of recognizing that maybe Seth had it going a little bit in the early going. Um, he, he's got to get him the ball. Uh, and also, you know, also Tyrese needs to understand um, how to balance being that scorer and also distributing the, the thing that you just mentioned. And there were a couple times in the previous loss to Washington where it looked like he was kind of hesitating on whether to attack or whether to move the ball and find, you know, an open shooter. Um, Cause you know, Seth, Seth didn't even take a three pointer until late in the third quarter on Monday. So, and, and, and that's on Tyrese a little bit to have to be able to, really understand when to get his guys involved, when to call a play for that guy. And that's something that he will figure out over time. Uh, he's only 21 years old. Um, he's in his second year and he's already taken so many strides forward. Uh, he just has to continue to m make little adjustments here and there. Yeah, true. But like, you know, he'll get it. I mean, he'll get it. I mean, you know, but you know, we got, I, I don't, I'm not really big on that. He's only such and such. You know okay. what I mean? I'm going to be real with you. I mean, you know why? Because I think, like, he's the type of guy who works hard. And he he's made drastic improvements before, right? I get that. Right. And he's the type of dude, you look at it, he's playing on the floor with Tobias, who's 29, Danny, who's in his 30s, all this and that. And he just wants to get great now. I think a lot of times when we say, such and such is only this and only that, and they're going to do it. I think we're making excuses for them or, or we're like saying, oh, you know, they're, they're, you know, it's, you know, things like that. So to me, I, I want to see it. Like, I want to see it. Like, I want to see it like next year. I want that growth to be next year. Like this year, I understand it. But next year, I would love to see that because when you look at it, like we say he's only 21, right? Well, look, you look at Trey Young. What is he, a third-year guard, right? A third-year guard, and he's about to make his second All-Star. You look at um, Luka Donich. He's a young guard, right? 
three-time all-star or going to, you know, something like, you feel what I'm saying? So to me, I, I just, uh, I don't really get caught up in that age stuff. I just don't. I hear you. And, and you're right. I mean, Luca and Trey, they're, they're both in their fourth year and then they're about to really make huge impacts. And Trey was in his third year last year, guiding the Atlanta Hawks, to the Eastern conference finals. So I understand the whole age thing, I guess, just in this specific situation, you just mentioned Tobias and, and Danny and, and all the, um, you know, their ages and that, that pretty much shows, you know, the experience they have in this league. And I feel like there's no replication for experience, right? Like you have to be able to gather the experience, yeah. grow, learn from it. So, I mean, Trey and Luca, you know, th- those two really made strides quickly and even John Morant, even, um, you know, like th- those three exactly. young guys. Those three exactly. young guards are just different. And I feel like with Tyrese, he's definitely good. I, I, think, I feel like next season, I do agree with you. If, if it's like his third season next year, he's got to be able to make a stride forward. Exactly. And, and here's the one thing I will say about Tyrese. You know, it's like a lot of guys, we talk about them like, um, oh, man, this guy is the most improved player candidate. And you don't really hear that much about Tyrese. For whatever reason, you don't like. Now, maybe it's because he really, like we talked about earlier, he's getting finally getting the opportunity to show where some of these other guys played and they just struggled a little bit. And now they're like, you know, that guy. But I'm going to tell you this. If Tyrese Maxey does not play in, you know, what they used to call the rookie sophomore game, now they call it like USA against the world, whatever it is. Like, you know, at the All-Star game, yeah. All-Star weekend, it's a travesty, dude. Because, I mean, yes, you got, you know, Tyrese is is arguably one of the best young guards in the league right now. Now, again, he still has some growing to do. But if we don't see him playing in that game, it, it, it's a joke. Because Matisse Thibel didn't get to play in it, Right. Even right. though he was really good because they're like, oh, well, you know, he's he's not a big name player. Tyrese Maxey needs to play in that game. I do agree with that. That's about all the time we have for today. Thank you for making Locked On Sixers your first listen every day. Keith and I are looking forward to bringing you guys more content as the time goes on. I'm looking forward to working with the OG over here. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, is free and available on all platforms. That'll do it for Locked On 76ers for Keith Pompey. I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time.